Good afternoon, everyone, and thank you so much for coming and joining us today in my constituency, Red Deer North. And before we begin, I'd like to acknowledge all of those who are here today. Of course, we've got Premier Jason Kenney, there he is, um, Minister Nick Milliken, Minister Mike Ellis, MLA Jason Steffen is on the tour. Uh, we have Mayor Ken Johnston. So thank you everyone for being here today. Uh, we are here to celebrate this amazing project behind us, which has come a long, long way. From vision to where we are now, it has, it, it's just amazing to see the development that's taking place. Before I hand it over to Premier Kenny, on behalf of the residents of Red Deer North, I want to sincerely say thank you to the Premier. The Premier has been on side on this project from the very, very beginning. He understands when we have vulnerable people that are in addiction, that they need places to go and they need treatment. And this has been, um, this has been just amazing because it is part of a holistic wraparound integrated program of services that we are building here in Red Deer. It's innovative, it's creative, and the Premier's been behind this from the very, very beginning. So I thank the Premier and all of my colleagues here today for coming out and I will turn it over to the Premier right now. Thank you. Thank you so much, Minister LaGrange. Adrian, of course, Minister of Education. Uh, Minister Ellis is the Associate Minister for Mental Health and Addictions. The first time we've had that position in Alberta history, uh, part of the focus of Alberta's government on providing uh, a hopeful alternatives to the trap of addiction. And Minister uh, Milliken is our new Minister of Infrastructure. Thank you, Mayor, for joining us. One of the best mayors in Alberta. Of that, <laughs> there can be no doubt. Um, I'm so excited to be here. There have been two public health crises in Alberta in recent years. Obviously, uh, the COVID pandemic. But at the same time, we've lost uh, over 3,000 lives to addictions and overdoses uh, over the same period of time. And uh, tens of thousands of Albertans are struggling uh, with the destructive force of addictions uh, to substances in their lives. That they often go on to destroy their families, uh, and often end up resulting in criminality uh, and social disorder. We see that in downtown Edmonton, uh, as well as downtown Calgary. And of course, Red Deer is not immune, neither is Lethbridge. So this is a urgent social priority, which is why uh, our government ran on a commitment uh, to massively increase our action to combat uh, addictions and, the, and to help people cope with the mental health challenges that are often both a cause and an effect of drug addictions. Uh, and that is, uh, we've done that in part by opening up 8,000 additional recovery spaces in our system, expanding uh, detox uh, facilities, creating, uh, uh, closing the gap between detox and treatment, and then providing support for lifetime recovery programs. We've done it through creating the virtual opioid dependency program that allows people living in remote and rural areas to get prescriptions and monitoring from doctors on uh, safe alternatives to deadly uh, drugs like fentanyl and heroin. Uh, we've done it by eliminating fees to access uh, government-funded uh, addiction recovery and treatment facilities, uh, the first place in Canada to do that. And we are also committing, we've also rolled out our uh, uh, our phone app, our wireless app that allows people who are using uh, drugs 
uh, to uh, be monitored uh, by uh, medical authorities if they uh, fall out of touch, if in fact, because most of our addiction deaths don't happen on the sidewalks and the back alleys of our major cities, most of them happen in basements and bedrooms in suburban communities. And if people are isolated, this new app gives them a chance for monitoring should they overdose. But a key part of Alberta's ambitious uh, strategy to lead Canada on life-saving progress on mental health and addictions is the five new lifetime uh, treatment facilities that we are building across the province. And the first one that will be opened is right here at the Red Deer Recovery Community. These are holistic communities of care. We, there are some 60 countries around the world who have adopted uh, uh, this long-term approach to full wraparound services in a community of care to get people on the right path. Too often, folks uh, fighting addiction have gone through the typical cookie cutter program that is not designed for them in and out in 28 days. Uh, often uh, in urban core areas where the, it's too easy to fall back on the streets uh, to use and to get back in touch with their bad circle of, of, of friends or peers. Uh, what we have seen around the world is the most successful intervention is a program like what we are building here and we're building in, in uh, four other locations across Alberta uh, that will provide a free room and board for up to a year of intensive support, uh, including skills training, uh, on-site employment to help people prov provide structure to their lives, group and individual therapy, medical support, uh, training in areas like uh, personal care, nutrition, cooking, it's basic skills that some people coping with addictions never learned. And uh, this, uh, th this program will be available, as we say, to people for up to a year, giving them progressively more responsibility and advantages in this community as they learn each other from their peers uh, and from experts in the field, from people in recovery, about how to get out of the destructive spiral of addictions. So this is critically important. It's part of our broader uh, strategy, part of which is the expansion of our drug treatment courts, uh, our drug alternative sentencing courts. Uh, we've set up, I believe, Mike, uh, three or four additional drug alternative courts in the province where a judge can decide to send someone to treatment if they want to, as opposed to jail. And in fact, just this morning, I visited the Red Deer Remand Center uh, to discuss another exciting initiative with the correctional staff, where we, we are, will be opening up in a few months a treatment program for inmates at the remand center who are going through their sentences so they can get out of the regular jail cells, take a step up, and deal with their addictions with the support of uh, expert counselors in an intensive treatment program. Uh, that, that is in addition to our offering now the virtual uh, opioid uh, pr uh, program uh, prevention program on those sites at provincial remand centers. So people in jail who came there with and just this morning, uh, the one of the uh, leads at the Red Deer Remand Center told me that he figured about 90% of the inmates in that center have uh, their crime was associated with a drug addiction. So if we can get this right for a growing number of Albertans, provide them with the concrete uh, support like this Red Deer Recovery Center to get them off the trap of addiction. That will uh, reduce crime 
It will improve the life, especially of urban areas. It will reduce rural property crime. It will save lives. This is critically important work. And uh, I know, Mike, you'll, you'll update us on when exactly we can expect to see this open. Mayor Johnson, I want to thank you and the city of Red Deer for your partnership. You sold us the land at a bargain basement price. You've given us the... Well, you didn't give it away, but we, 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 got, we got a good deal to get this thing done. And, and, you, and the park, your, your parks department is going to provide a playing field, and you're, you're being great partners in so many other ways. And I know I don't need to remind you, but I will anyway, that this is on top of Alberta's government uh, built, built, working with you on the $1.4 billion new uh, Red Deer Hospital, the largest hospital, 1.8, excuse me. Thank you, Adriana. I don't know how I missed that $400 million. The single largest hospital build program in the history of Alberta, Minister Milliken, we expect you to get that done on time, on budget. Um, it's on top of the expansion of the Red Deer Regional Airport terminal and runway so we can get regular scheduled service to central Alberta. It's on top of our multi-million dollar investment in the Child Advocacy Centre, co-located at Red Deer Polytechnic, uh, that will provide uh, amazing support for kids who have been victims of sex abuse. Uh, it's on top of uh, the new courthouse, uh, which, I, I, which is, is rising up as the most impressive building in downtown Red Deer that will also help us to address more quickly the criminal, uh, the, the wave of, of criminal offenses uh, here in central Alberta. Uh, it's on top of our work together on a new homeless shelter in Alberta, and we hope to, to see some concrete steps on all of that. So uh, thanks in part to Minister LaGrange's advocacy and, and your hard work. We're getting things done for Red Deer, Your Worship, and I'd like to invite you up to say a few words. Well, how do you follow that, ladies and gentlemen? I mean, really, but I would like to say for the record, uh, Mr. Premier, every time you visit our great city, you bring hope. And you not only bring hope, you know, from a from an experiential point of view, you bring it from a tangible point of view. And thank you for pointing out the assistance that you've given us as a city. Uh, gosh, it's just uh, it's just been amazing. And and you know, I'll say this, folks. You know, I'm off script today, which is throwing uh, you know some terror, frankly, into some of my staff today. But you know, a couple of things at the very south end of our city today. Uh, we're celebrating Westerner Days. We, we opened up Westerner Days today, our first Westerner Days since 2020. It's a community celebration. But I can tell you right now, definitively so, that an equal celebration is occurring right here on these grounds today because it's a celebration of hope, it's a celebration of renewal, it's a celebration of restoration, and that is what this treatment facility will bring us. We've been advocating for uh, quite a while for the treatment part of the drug strategy that we adopted in 2014. And our province has been in step with us uh, all the way for that, and I'm grateful. You know, I, I celebrated 40 years in a prior career. It was in a banking career. And as bankers, we were trained to say, how good is the culture of a company when you visit? It was always key. So at the gate today, as Sean and I moved in, there was a young man there, uh, a young man from the construction company, a security person, I'm not quite sure. His name was Michael, I believe, Sean. His name was Michael. He came up to us and he said, oh, you're the mayor of Red Deer. He said, welcome to your facility. Welcome home, he said. And I couldn't have been stirred any more than that, except the 1.8 billion, Mr. Premier, that's <laughs> stirring. That's very, very stirring indeed. 
But my goodness, when you speak of culture, holistic, healing, purposeful culture, to be greeted by at the gate by somebody with that, you know this is going to be a place of incredible restoration of lives, of family, and of hope. I'm proud to be here today. I'm grateful for the opportunity to speak. Thank you very much. So uh, just a couple of technical points I should have mentioned. Uh, the budget for this particular build is $17 million. And that's because it's a modular build. And, and frankly, to build a facility that will be able to support 75 residents, some for as long as a year, 25 of them women, posi female positions, 50 for, for male positions, um, to be able to build that in this amount of time, in about 18 months, or less than a year, I think, to for $17 million has got to be some kind of a record. And that's because we're, we're, we're doing this as a modular build. Why? Because the need is so urgent. We didn't have three years to build a Taj Mahal. And this is going to be a uh, template for the four other uh, recovery uh, communities that we are building. We just met with a delegation from the uh, Blackfoot uh, Blood Tribe, the Gaina Tribe in Southern Alberta, we are working with them to build a facility exactly like this on their reserve land. Another one in uh, the Lethbridge area. Uh, and um, and uh, in what other locations are we at? Uh, Gun, in Gun, Alberta. So five of these facilities that we're building um, and, and able to house people, provide them with food, shelter, uh, wraparound programming in a community setting for up to a year uh, and we're doing that at radically lower cost than the typical housing programs that have no uh, support for addictions. So we think this is going to become a model copied across Canada. It will be opening, uh, we anticipate, this October. Happy to take questions. Well, it's a fair question. It doesn't make any sense to me uh, that we'd have higher prices in Alberta than in BC or Ontario, given that we produce most of the oil and typically we have the lowest uh, rates in the country. Alberta is the only province to have completely suspended our fuel tax. Uh, and uh, we, ha we have been tracking it, but the uh, officials at the Department of Finance have been tracking this. Uh, their analysis was that uh, they believe that the 13 cent a litre savings from the suspension of Alberta's fuel tax has been passed on. Um, and um, I, I think recently Professor Toom at the University of Calgary has come to the same conclusion. But I am concerned about this, and so I've asked the finance department uh, to drill down on this uh, uh, because it, 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 it makes no sense to me that we should be paying any higher prices at the pump than in Ontario or BC. Uh, and uh, so uh, I'm, I'm wa waiting for updated information from the finance department, uh, their assessment of what's going on. Uh, the in, in, as a just a regular person, I think the prices uh, don't, that it does not make sense when the price of a barrel has come down from about $120 a barrel to 100 bucks a barrel. So we've got to see, uh, a, I think, a faster reduction. Uh, again, I've asked the finance department to, to drill down on that. And then uh, finally, um, the 
but I should say, I should point out that uh, the provincial government has done its part by by phasing out the fuel tax. Well, most of those funds are for the uh, upgrades in provincial infrastructure uh, that the province owns, uh, that kind of work we would have to do anyway, but with huge crowds expected in a major international event of signal importance to our First Nations people, uh, we thought it was right to, to upgrade that infrastructure. Um, so we're expecting huge amounts of uh, ve vehicular traffic, people parking, um, you know, for many, well, for over 150 years, First Nations people, have gathered by the tens of thousands at Lac St. Anne for their annual pilgrimage that the Pope will be attending this year. And those are provincial roads out there. That's, that's provincial, uh, much of it is crown land. So we have a responsibility to make sure that it can accommodate uh, the larger than normal crowds. Uh, and some of this, of course, are, are just necessary security related costs. Um, uh, the Pope, I understand, is after the President of the United States, uh, the most, uh, the, the international uh, head of state who, who has the highest security uh, uh, ranking. And so uh, there's an enormous amount of security work that has to be done. And that, it, uh, that comes under our responsibility of uh, public safety and public security. But finally, um, look, I, I think we should uh, be proud to, to ensure the success of the trip. Um, this is something of, of great importance to First Nations in Alberta. Uh, this is a, a historic moment of reconciliation. Uh, the papacy is a 2,000-year-old institution, but in those 2,000 years, this will be the second time only uh, that uh, a pope has visited Canada, and the first time that a visit will be specifically a pilgrimage of reconciliation. This is a moment that will be in the history books uh, for generations to come, and we want to make sure that it's done right. Uh, I usually do two, and then I'll come back if you've got... Uh, is there anybody else? Go ahead. Gentlemen? Sure. Sure. I mean, the facility right now is about uh, anywhere between 70 to 80 percent uh, complete right now. Uh, we're really just in the, the final stages. Uh, in regards to uh, operators, as an example, it's gone out to RFP. Train's going by. <laughs> It's gone out to RFP, and we're just, uh, you know, going over, going over the applicants right now. Yeah. Yeah, it's my understanding uh, that about 50, I think 52 of the 72 modular uh, units are now on site. Uh, this month, I believe the electrical and some of the other mechanical is going to be finished with that, and then the other 20, I believe, are now on site or coming, and so the cranes will be here to to set those up anytime. My understanding, yes. Well, yes, central Albertans should be concerned about inflation like all Albertans and all Canadians. This is a global phenomenon. Uh, today's, yesterday's report indicates uh, uh, 8% inflation in Canada uh, in uh, last month, which is the month of June, which is uh, the highest in four decades. Uh, this is eating away at people's savings and it's affecting all of us. It's making uh, life harder. Uh, but it, uh, we're also very much seeing it in construction inflation right across the board. 
uh, for all of our projects. So um, I know that the Department of Transportation, Department of Infrastructure, and the uh, Treasury Board in Finance are looking at the impact of in construction inflation on Alberta's uh, ambitious capital program to see how we address that. Um, I think we're going to have to look at it on a project-by-project -project basis. Um, obviously, we don't want to scale back this uh, ambition on projects like the Red Deer Hospital, uh, but we, uh, I'm sure that, that um, the engineers and the officials will be looking if we can find savings on certain projects, but the reality is construction inflation is hitting all projects in both the pr public and private sector. Nick, do you want to say more about that? Yeah, I would just say uh, ever since taking on uh, this mandate, I think two of the big issues that I've uh, obviously had to put my mind towards are inflation and supply chain issues. So those, uh, I think that it's fair to say that this uh, this project is actually on time and on budget. I'm a little worried that I might not be able to say that quite as often going forward though, so thank you. Well, you, you had, I'll give you a third. You came all the way down from Edmonton, right? Yes. Or up from Calgary? Thank you, I appreciate it. Well, I will be part of the welcoming party for the Holy Father at the Edmonton Airport on Sunday, along with the Prime Minister and I believe the, the Governor General, Lieutenant Governor. Uh, it, uh, it, it's important to me as, as uh, Premier to welcome him to Alberta and thank him for this pilgrimage of reconciliation. But it's also important to me uh, as a Catholic. So that's why I'll be uh, going in a personal capacity to the uh, visit he's making to Lac-Saint-Anne. Um, I, I often go there every year. Uh, just uh, on a personal capacity because I think it's a very special spiritual site in uh, in Alberta. It's uh, very special to see the First Nations people gathering in a place that their ancestors gathered in for centuries and um, and to uh, the, the centrality of faith in their lives. So I like to, to honor that and respect that. So I'll be there in a personal capacity and I believe on um, the morning of his departure to Quebec City, I'll be part of a small uh, audience uh, with the Holy Father and I will certainly once again thank him uh, for making this effort. He is um, uh, not a young man. His health is, uh, as we know, uh, challenged. Uh, he has very serious mobility challenges. He's had to cancel, on doctor's advice, three other international trips this year, but it appears that he's determined to do this one. I think that says a great deal about how deeply he feels about the need for reconciliation, and I will certainly be expressing uh, profound gratitude for uh, his effort, even though I think he's living in, in pain with, uh, with, with joint pain, um, he will discomfort himself, inconvenience himself uh, to, uh, to come here uh, to show respect to the First Nations. And I just think that's, that's a, a, a beautiful spiritual uh, gift that he's making uh, to the Indigenous people. All right, thank you, everybody. Thank you. Good.